Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we are excited to be here with you today. Uh, we are. We apologize that we have not. We did not have an episode out on Friday. Um, me and Jagger have just both been super busy. Um, Jagger uh, was sick for a little bit and actually moved. If you can't tell uh, by his background. Um, and I was getting back from vacation as I talked on the episode with Alan. Again, shout out to the Fistful of Films podcast and Alan and Will for really helping us out, filling in um, when we needed some people just to yap about movies. Um, but we are back today. Um, I'm back with my friend Jagger. This is the first time we've recorded in almost a month together. Um, so I think we, we've both been talking. We're both very, very excited to be doing this today. Um, but Jagger, my friend, how are you doing? How's life going? I'm doing really, really well. Life is going very well, and I'm happy to be both here and here. Yes. So it's yeah. great to be back. And I got to ask, who's on that poster to It's My Left? Right there. Yep. That yeah. That's J James Dean. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Love James Dean. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Have you seen Rebel Without a Cause, right? Peak. So good. Peak. So good. Um, yeah. We're back today. We are happy to bring back our IMDb series. Um, we're going to be covering, covering a lot of stuff today. We're going to do, be doing some Spotify rap, talking about some movie news. We are going to be uh, talking the Golden Globe nominations just got released. Uh, and we are, we are going to do, so we're not going to go super in-depth on those and who we think is going to win. Because uh, once the Oscar nominations are released, um, we will be doing a, well, we got to watch all the movies that are nominated for Oscars. And then we will be doing a very in-depth entire episode dedicated to what our predictions are for the Oscars and who's going to win what category. So if you guys do competitions through family, when you watch the Oscars, like both me and Jagger do, you can be well informed on which ones to choose. Um, so we're going to be covering that today. I will be doing a, my, I will be giving my quick thoughts and a review on Cindy Lumet's network, which is our next film. On the IMDb Top 250, which I'm very excited to talk about. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then we're going to talk about what we've been watching, because that's always our favorite part to talk about. Just talk about some of the films we've been watching. Um, and we haven't talked about that in a while. And I feel like we've both been watching some pretty solid stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, Spotify Wrapped. It is December, uh, which means we got our Spotify Wrapped this year. Um, I'm you got, I, I'm gonna take a wild guess, just way out of left field, who your number one artist was. Uh, <laughs> the Talking Heads, maybe. I, I was in the top point one percent of listeners this year. <laughs> that that's so funny. That's so funny. I respect it. I respect it though. That's a great band to be in the top listeners of. Yeah, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What was your number one song? I'm assuming it was from Stop Making Sense. No, wildly enough. What was uh, it? My my number one song of the year. And I'm going to cut out the actual number one, because the number one was the song I listened to while doing homework. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, fair, fair. And 
I mean, the second song I also probably have a lot of from doing like homework and relaxing. That's the Twin Peaks theme instrumental. But then if you go down to the number three, which is the first song that I actually like listened to, mm-hmm. it is Life During Wartime. So oh, that yeah. it's a banger. Yeah, um, Talking Heads, man. Ever since we did that episode with Jay, oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, ever since we did that episode with Jay. Uh, is i i've gone back a few times and just listened to stop making sense while i've played Fortnite or something like that you know um first of all what a what a vibe um what a banger album um sorry my mom is saying goodbye to me um and what a banger album um and at first life during wartime was my favorite um, I want to give an honorable mention to Psycho Killer. That is a banger opening where he comes out with the boom box and he's like, I'd like to play you a little something. Uh, <laughs> um, but honestly, uh, uh, what's the one? Oh, shit. Cross-Eyed and Painless. Oh, this must be the place. Yes. Dude, it's so. Is that the one where he like dances with the lamp? Yes. It oh is, my god, dude. dude! It's so good. It's Trey, so good. There's like an hour and forty minute thing. Uh, it's Spike Lee directed, and they do like a ten minute rendition of "This Must Be the Place" in American Utopia. It is beautiful. That sounds great. It is something else. You know, it's I've great. and since watching that, I've been reading about uh, David Byrne a little bit, just because I'm very interested in him. Um, and he, Brian Eno, who uh, was the, he's a music producer, um, and he's the only reason U2 is actually good. Um, <laughs> God, I hate that band. I. There are a few bands I hate more than you two because the edge, first of all, let me start here. The edge, their guitarist, he's reveled as like one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Oh my gosh. Is the, the edge is not a good guitar player. He's good at making sounds with his guitar, but he's not a good guitar player. Like if you take out all the effects and just break, like he has this, um, riff where in the song it's like wow 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 and it sounds really cool but you just watch him play it zero effects it's just bum 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 and you're like yeah dude that's impressive it's not okay but war is a good album can we agree on that it's fine it's okay it's it's fine um (laughs) but uh Brian Eno tells this story where uh, I think you've probably heard this too, Jagger, where he, he was with David Byrne and they got jumped by like 10 people and they were da- dragging David Byrne into the bushes. And it was like, it was like straight out of like a comic strip day. Da- Brian Eno said, David Byrne just went, Oh no. <laughs> and I thought it was, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just David Byrne getting dragged into bushes, just going, Oh no! <laughs> Is, I, I th- can believe that's so easy to imagine in my mind, mm-hmm. and I have this image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, I. So number one for me, what was weird is for my number one artist, I didn't have a single song for my number one artist in my top five. Um. But my number one artist, I was in the top 
percent of fish fans um <laughs> who i've i've played you a little fish uh they're like yeah. a jam band kind of like grateful dead almond brothers vibes um they're my all-time favorite band uh i listen to them every day at least once um and the reason i don't really have any of their songs in my top five is because i like everything that they do so they're the one artist that i'll just put on shuffle and just listen to for like four hours straight just all the music um i don't really have like a specific song that i like listen to religiously um but like an artist who had three songs in my top five um noah khan who i figured out earlier this year he's like um hosier hosier i don't know how to say that guy's name or like the head and the heart or like that type of vibe like folk acoustic pop music um really emotional stuff basically uh like this your spotify rap tells you like what your vibe was that year and it was like mine basically said like you were depressed as hell this year and i was like but i wasn't i would just like listening to sad music um (laughs) but yeah that was my spotify wrapped who are who are some of your other top artists oh my other top artists this year Mm -hmm. let me pull out the picture of it because yeah it was like it was like talking heads of course i had some other ones hold on can i can i try to guess can i try to guess go Uh, ahead try and guess peter frampton probably (laughs) um huey lewis okay wait um hmm, where's the once you pull it up i want to try to guess these let's see how well i know you okay so I'm gonna cut out two of them. It's Angela Battlementi who does the Twin Peaks music, mm-hmm. and Dmitry Shostakovich, which is the guy who did the song that for that I do my homework too. Yeah, three artists. Talking yes. Heads. Talking Heads. Talking Heads at number one. Huey is is and Huey is Huey Lewis up there? No, and neither is Frampton. Two oh, and four. Shit. Uh one of them's obvious as anything. I bet you could probably even find them in the background of this room somewhere, if I was to be honest with you. Wait, uh, Never mind. No, no, you cannot. Is it the Beatles? Um, is it the Beatles? No, it is not the Beatles. Oh, good. Hey, what's wrong with the Beatles? The Beatles aren't a good band. I love the Beatles. I'm not. I'm not saying they they make bad music. I'm just saying they don't make like well-made music. It's they were the kids bop of the '60s. <laughs> that's hurtful. They took Nothing... adult. They took adult African American music and dumbed it down for stupid white people. Just like Elvis well, did. Just like white. Elvis did. Just like everybody else did. And the only band who actually added their... Actually made it a little better was Led Zeppelin. Which is why they're my number two artist. Led Zeppelin, man. Alright, I'll give you number four. But I want you to guess number two. Number four is Queen. Oh, okay. Okay. Who else do you really like? have, Have we talked about this artist? Maybe. Can you give me um, the era where they were most popular, like the decade? Um, like at the peak of the 80s, everyone had like a cassette of this band. 
Ooh, Van Halen. No. Mm. It's a really popular 80s band. Wham. Yes. Oh my, my god, number- I can't believe I guessed that! How is Wham your number two? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I listened to a lot more Wham than I had originally thought. Um... <laughs> oh that's so funny that i guessed that oh that's so funny i don't i I was thinking a popular 80s artist and i was like uh george michael wham maybe (laughs) and if you go through your top songs 2023 playlist the other band that had to be at like number six Mm mm-hmm I've got an unbelievable amount of the Bee Gees on this playlist. I am shocked how much Bee Gees. That's really Um, funny. So, Wham, Queen, Talking Heads, and the Bee Gees are my most listened to albums. Or my most listened to artists. Let's see. I want to find... Uh, I want to find, um, my top, I have to go through this stupid story again. What else Um, do I have in here? My most listened to genre was rock. How many, how Uh, many, how many minutes did you have? Uh, so take into consideration that I started in like July. I started a new account. Yeah. So this is only like half of the year, 13,000 minutes. 13? 13,000 since July. Okay. Which is not a, not a lot. I had 964 minutes on October 12th. Uh okay. I had 90 I, I had 95,000 minutes. Really? Yeah. How many minutes are in a year? I don't know. They said that's 66 days straight. Um, oh, well then that's not that bad. I have 1,500 minutes on the Talking Heads alone. Okay, here are my top artists. Fish, Zeppelin, uh, Mac Miller, uh, Noah Kahn, and the Black Keys. Look at that Wham chart. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's our Spotify wrapped. Um, comment down below who your top artist was, and or Wait, comment yeah. down below how wild it is for Wham to be Jagger's number two artist of the year. Oh, can I quickly throw this in? I listen to the podcast a lot. I listen to every episode, and it says I'm a top 7%. So thank you to the people that listen to the podcast more than me. <laughs> um, 7%. People listen to the podcast more than me, so thank you. That's wild. That's insane. We got some diehards out there. We thank you. Hell yeah, man. Um, okay. Uh, let's get into our movie news. Um, I'm gonna get the sad stuff out of the way right away. Um, unfortunately, on December 11th, Jagger, are you a Brooklyn Nine Nine fan at all? Um, I haven't seen it, so I can't really oh. say. Well, I recommend I you watch it. First of all, it's peak comedy. Um, but unfortunately, uh, on December 11th, we lost um, Andre Brower, 
who is most well-known for portraying Captain Raymond Holt uh, for eight seasons on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, excellent actor, um, excellent character. Some, uh, God, he was just the best. Um, so all of our thoughts go out to uh, his family. Um, yeah, just really sucks. Um, some other movie news. Uh, Sean Gunn has been cast um, in James Gunn's new DCEU, uh, who James Gunn casts him in like every movie, which I love. Um, he's been cast as Maxwell Lord, uh, who's the villain from uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I don't know if you ever saw that, Jagger. Um, I did see 84. It was real shit. Um, but I'm excited. I'm yeah, that movie was fucking terrible. Um, I'm excited to see what James Gunn does with that character. Um, and I'm excited to see the what Sean Gunn brings to it. Um, we've gotten. Have you checked out any of the trailers that have released in the past few days? Alex Garland's new movie, Kung Fu Panda Four. Any of that? Furiosa. Um, of all of those, the only one that comes to mind is Furiosa. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Does I it... think it looks absolutely insane, and I cannot be yeah. more excited. I'm yeah. so hyped. Yeah, I'm very, I've never even seen a Mad Max movie, um, and I'm, I'm very excited for this. Uh, I think I need to go delve more into that universe. Um, we... Check, check out Mad Max Fury Road. Talk I know I've, about a film. I've heard great things. Wow. I've heard great things. Um, we also got a release, or not, not a specific release date. Um, we uh, got a uh, like kind of set time for Saw Eleven to come out uh, next fall, um, which I'm excited for. Big fan of the Saw movies. This most recent one was a blast debatably one of the debatably the best in the franchise um which honestly that's so rare to see in horror franchises that have been going on for anywhere over like five movies for like the 10th one to be the best one there's like zero other horror franchises that you can say that about it's usually like the first one or the the best one I would. I think the only two that are in contention are the first and second one. At least for me. That's fair. Um, I think it, I, And again, debatably the best one. I'm not saying, like, this is the best one. That's where I stand. I'm saying there's a debate to be made. And there's an argument to be made that this is the best one. So, this is yeah. the first time I've been looking forward to a horror franchise movie um, in a long time. Um, I'm excited to see what they do next with these characters um, and this universe. It's I, I hope it's something like this one. Um, it doesn't have to completely yeah. live up to it, but if it's like 75%, 80% of what this one was, it's still going to be a solid three, three and a half. Um, which is what I which is what I want out of a Saw film. It doesn't have to be amazing, but just throw some cool traps in there, throw a lot of gore. That's all you really need. You don't need a super complicated plot line. You don't need amazing character development. That's not what I'm going to see these movies for. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, we got a lot of great movies coming out this month. 
uh, because it is uh, I all the I feel all of, like the movies that are going to be going for awards come out in December. Uh, so yeah. they so they're fresh in the mind of like the people who are doing the Oscars um, and the Golden Globes. Um, so we got like Iron Claw coming out this month. We just had May December come out, which Jagger will talk about in a few minutes. Um, yeah. We have the holdovers is still out right now. We have um, uh, what else? Anatomy of the Fall coming out this month. We have Godzilla minus one is out, um, which I really Why need to go see. To- I have tickets for that for this weekend. I cannot wait. I know. I need to go see it uh, after seeing reviews. Um, we just got a lot what? of good stuff coming out this month. So go go to the movies with your family. Go spend some quality time with your family. Go see Godzilla. Go see Anatomy of the Fall. Go see Iron Claw. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff coming out this weekend. Or er, this month. Um, but our main source of movie news. Uh, Jagger... As I said, uh, we are going to do a more in-depth episode when the Oscar ballots release, Um, but today we're just going to give our quick thoughts on the main categories, so like the best picture, best actress, best supporting actress, um, all that good stuff, best director, um, because the Golden Globes nominations were just released. I don't know why I yelled that. The Golden Globes! Oh my god! Um, Yeah, those were just released. So we are going to give our quick thoughts on who who we want. Okay, here here here's I'm going to I'm going to say this as a quick like uh as a quick disclaimer to all of our listeners. Who we want to win may be very very different from who we think will win. Yeah. Because obviously the Oscars and the Golden Globes are a rigged system. There's certain stuff that will always win, and there's certain stuff that will never get recognition that it deserves. Like, Bowie's Afraid is not going to get a single Oscar nomination. No. Because of how absolutely absurd it is. But it deserves... win an Oscar? I think... Yes! I think think it deserves an Oscar for Best Direction. Um, I think it deserves an Oscar, at least a nom for best, Best Actor in a Lead Role. For Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. performance, um, how do you even direct a scene? I think like that scene when he runs from the apartment to the store—it's unbelievable. All the people running around him—it's unbelievable. Insane. I think that Talk to Me deserves some recognition during this award season. Oh, yeah. As far as like best editing, best uh, uh, VFX, um, yeah, it, yeah. But, yeah, let's get into these main categories. We will be going in a deeper dive once those Oscar ballots are released. Um, but, yeah, Jagger has the categories pulled up right now. You want to you wanna, uh, give us our first category, Jagger? Our first category that we're going to start with is Best Motion Picture Drama. In Best Motion Picture Drama, you have Anatomy of the Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Zone of Interest. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately cutting past lives, yeah. Maestro, and I'd say Anatomy of a Fall. And I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall or Maestro or uh, no, but we know no, I've seen past lives. We know Maestro's we, not winning. 
We know the genres, and we know the genres that just don't win. And most of the time, unless you're talking about something like Parasite, a foreign film is not going to beat an American film, because it's a mm-hmm. lot less accessible. Yep. So Anatomy of a Fall, unfortunately, kicks itself out, although I've heard it's incredible. Although it's Anatomy of a- the Fall will win Best Foreign Film, I think at the, at Oscars, the Oscars, if it's nominated for Best Picture, 100%. Because that's that's a way you know which movie is going to win Best Foreign Film is if it's also nominated for Best Picture. Um, but there is an oddball here, and it's Zone of Interest. Yeah. It is a foreign film that has reviews unlike anything I've ever seen attached to a film in my life. Yeah, it's ba- that one's, that's the one that's based around World War II, right? It's based around World War II, and yeah. it is a PG-13 movie that I have heard people say is scary, the scariest film to come out this year. Like, the yeah. most haunting experience okay. to come out all year. Here's my thoughts. Uh, okay. Past Lives, not winning. My Show, not winning. Anatomy of the Fall, no. not winning. I would be very surprised if any of those won. Um, yes. I think... Which brings you to... And I want... Oppenheimer. Yes. I want so badly... For Oppenheimer to win. Because I so think it deserves it. I think Chris Nolan deserves the recognition. But if I'm being honest of what I think is gonna win, not what I want to win, I think it's either Killers or it's uh, uh, Zone of Interest. Just just based off of the the subject matter, it is gonna be one of those two. So, I think it's a safe bet voting for either of those two to win. Um, I don't think anything else is going to win. Yeah. And here's the thing. Oppenheimer is the perfect middle ground between the two because it's a three-hour true story historical epic. Mm -hmm. And it's about World War II. So, it's right in between the two. Yeah. But But I think it's... It's... It's going to be one or the other, and I'm going to yeah. throw out the oddball vote, and I'm going to say that the best drama motion picture is going to go to a foreign film, and it's going to go to Zone of Interest. I would love to see that, more recognition for foreign cinema. Um, yeah. But is it going to happen? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Killers. I think Killers is going to... And I think Killers is totally deserving. It's my favorite movie of the year, but I just want to throw some thank you over to uh, foreign films, because Zone yeah. of Interest... Being a foreign film, getting this kind of recognition is super cool to me, so I'll throw it over there. Yeah. Our next category is Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. You have Air, American Fiction, Barbie, Holdovers, May, December, and Poor Things. I would like to preface with saying calling May, December a comedy is essentially calling Blue Velvet a comedy. Yeah. They have very similar subject matter, and I think that it is disgusting that they are labeling it as a comedy. Yeah. Um, it's about the relationship between, like, a 40-year-old woman and a 7th grader. And it's really dramatic and creepy. <sighs> That's not a comedy or a musical. Um, so, yeah, I would like to have so- a petition for that to be replaced with Dick's the Musical ASAP. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes, I did. I have not yet logged it, but it is miraculous. I haven't seen it. I'm, I think I'm going to wait for it to come on streaming service, but that it looks like a fucking blast. It is so funny. Oh, my God. Um, that okay. has to replace 
Yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> for this category, I, I think we can take out. I think we can take out May, December. What were the other ones? There was a few. Air, American Fiction, Barbie, Holdovers, and Poor Things. I say we cut out May, December, and Air, and everything else has a chance. I don't think American Fiction has a chance. Really? I don't. It when it's in a category with Barbie, Poor Things. And um, what was the third one you said? The, hold, the holdovers. The holdovers, and right? So look at the, think about the cultural impact and the reviews of those three films right there. Poor things. Yorgos, Lanthimos. I think he, the, I mean, it, I think that movie is is a lock for some, some awards. Um, Barbie. Yeah. That is what I want to win this award because I think it deserves it. I think that's a masterpiece of cinema. And I I I think Greta Gerwig really outdid herself with that one. I would love to see that one win. Um and then uh uh holdovers. Again, I have yet to see it, but again, seeing a movie like that, see my boy Paul Giamatti getting some recognition, I would love to see one as well. So I think I think it's I, I don't think I think it's going to be three either three of those I would like to see it be Barbie but I do think it is going to be poor things yeah I I love the holdovers it is the quickest two and almost two and a half hours you will have in your life it is a hysterical film it's heartbreaking but to say it's not going to poor things you must be out of your mind poor yeah. things is going to win everything. It is yeah. going to yep. maybe sweep. So there you go. It's it's going to poor things. Yeah. Now, this next one, we don't even have to read all of the people. Best performance by a female actress in a, me- in a motion picture drama. Mm-hmm. Emma Stone. Annette Bening. Oh, no. Never mind. Gladstone. Sandra Huller. Uh, Wait, give the movies again. Uh, Annette um, Benning for Nyad. Which I've never heard of before. Oh, that was for the one about the lady who swam across the Atlantic. It's on Netflix. That's not gonna win. We'll probably <laughs> we'll probably have to watch that for our Oscars episode. I'm looking. It's on my watch yeah. list. I I I, I it kind of piqued my interest when I saw it. Uh, then Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Who's going to win? I'll just say that now. It's Lily She's Gladstone. Going She's going to win. If Lily Gladstone, if Lily Gladstone doesn't win, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> That it's yeah. I'm never watching a movie again if she doesn't win. Um and then you have Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall, Greta Lee Past Lives, Carrie Mulligan Maestro, and Kelly Spaney for Priscilla. Why she's even nominated? I loved Priscilla, but that Seriously? Of yeah. all the movies that came out this year? I don't yeah. know. I I'm sorry uh to Jeremiah Battle exclusively. Past Lives is not winning anything this award season. No. Except for maybe screenplay, but then again, you have, like, some other beasts this year. It's not... It's not gonna win. Yeah. Then, perform- best performance by a female actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Uh, Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple. Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings. Natalie Portman for May-December... Uh, Alma Poisty, I butchered that, I'm sorry, for Fallen Leaves, Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. This Emma is Stone. going to Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, I would love it's to see... I don't... 
Who was the second one after you said after Je- Jennifer Lawrence? It was a girl for the color purple. Natalie. Oh, Fantasia Barino. Yeah, that's so dumb. I can't believe they remade that. It's God, it's so stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it's gonna be Emma Stone. Yeah. It's gonna be Emma Stone. Margot Robbie, like, congrats to you. Um, I would I would love to see her win, but it's gonna be Emma Stone. Yeah. It's gonna be Emma Stone. It's definitely not Jennifer Lawrence for no hard feelings. Why that's no. even nominated that is was, beyond me. That's wild. <laughs> and again, for the love of God, can we get May December into the drama category? <laughs> like who messed up? Like someone made a mistake. Um uh-huh. male actor in a motion picture drama. Bradley Cooper, Leo DiCaprio, uh, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, DiCaprio for Killers. Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Barry Keoghan for Saltburn, Killian mm-hmm. Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Andrew Scott for All of Us Strangers. All okay. of Us Strangers has gotten no buzz for anything. Here, here are I'm... my top three. I think these okay. are safe choices. Barry Keoghan for Saltburn. Um really just because I want to see him win. Um, I love Barry Keoghan. Um, that's fair. Saltburn is a wild movie to win. Uh, that's out. what, that's what I've heard, dude. Uh, Barry Keoghan. Uh, Killian Murphy, I feel like, is a safe bet. Um, yeah. And Leo. DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah. Now, who, who is it going to? Killian Murphy. I think it's a really... I don't... I would love okay. to see Beer, Barry Keoghan win it, um, just because of how much I love him. But I think it's going to be a close contention between Leo and Killian Murphy. I mean, this has been talked about literally all year, is who's going to win Best Actor, Leo or Killian. I think it's going to be Killian. I think Killian deserves it more. Um, I this I think he good. gave... I think he gave the better performance. Um, but I would also be fine if Leo won. This might sound absolutely insane. And again, endless respect to you, Scorsese. I think Dica- I, I think DiCaprio is completely out of possibility. Wow. With how like high that. you hold that movie. Can I ask why? I I loved De Niro in the movie. I I you, don't think you, DiCaprio you, delivered as much. I think if it wins, then it's really just based on the movie and I, its subject matter I think, over actual quality of performance. I think what what astound because you know, I'm not the biggest Leo fan. I think he's fine. Yeah. I don't love a lot of his roles. I think what was so impressive to me about that performance is we have like all these characters where Leo plays like this super suave, fast-talking kind of rich guy who's really cool you know like your wolf of wall streets uh great gatsby's yeah. uh titanic you have these roles where he's like the cool guy um mm-hmm. and then you have like this where he is literally the complete opposite of that he's like this southern bumpkin idiot <laughs> who's just getting taken advantage of the whole movie and doesn't know what's going on half the time and I think yeah. the 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 range we got to see there from him changing from his usual character to this was very impressive, and that's why I think he has a chance. Is because it was very out of type for him um, in this role. Um, 
And also, if I am to add anything to this, yeah, if we're gonna pull from what's been said about him, like through the process of this movie, he seemed like the worst person to work with here. Oh, a thousand percent. We're gonna... He didn't follow the script, which was an incredible no. script. And people have talked about like working with scorsese like he does not like improvisation like you say what's written on the page and leo kept trying to improv lines and all and scorsese was just like what the hell is going on which is surprising to me because yeah scorsese is like one of the most wholesome people alive he seems like such a nice guy (laughs) um but yeah that was wild yeah, and, I mean, he seems like the nicest guy ever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you have someone like De Niro who's been working with Scorsese for 50 years, you see, like, yeah, I mean, he's been working with Scorsese since, I think it's late 60s, early 70s now. Yeah. Well, he's been working with him all this time. He's following a Scorsese script because he knows... De Niro wouldn't really be anybody if it weren't for Scorsese's early works. Oh, a thousand so, percent. They they kind of made each other. Yeah. And then when you have something like that, he follows the script. You're working with one of the greatest actors to ever grace the earth. And you're trying to improvise? I mean, yeah. he seems like it's an idiot. It's crazy. It's crazy. So... Yeah, I who's want... your who's your vote for best actor then? Barry Keoghan. Okay, wow, not Killy. Come on, man, be done. I, be I done with the Oppenheimer hate, Jagger. I, I don't have Oppenheimer hate. I have Oppenheimer four stars, and I haven't seen Saltburn. I can't say, and I don't think it's going to be over four stars. But I've seen clips of Saltburn. And Barry Keoghan just seems so cold. Like, his performance is very good. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to throw it out there. It's just to throw in some wild card votes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I Then get best that. performance in male actor, musical, or comedy. This is where all of my real hope comes in. Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario. Yes! Give, the, give the man the, the Golden Globe and the Oscar he deserves. What a career! <laughs> Is Nicholas Here, me and Alan talked about this on our last episode because we talked about uh, Dream Scenario. How, like, this is what Nicolas Cage does. He comes out with, like, four or five shit movies during the year, and then, like, one of them is just a banger. And he's, like, a very skilled actor. Yes! If Nicolas Cage wants to be good, he can give a versatile performance. And you have uh, Timothy Chalamet for Wonka, who's not gonna win. Matt Damon for Air, who'd better not win. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, who I think is gonna win the Best Actor Oscar. Just throwing it out there. Joaquin Phoenix for Bo is Afraid. Never gonna happen. I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's not. Like and I'm happy that he got a nomina- nomination, and I would love to see him win. I think he deserves to win, yeah. but he's not going to. No. And then Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Okay. Who, I mean, like I get that American Fiction's gonna have a lot of buzz. I don't think it's gonna win something like this though. So no. my vote goes to Paul Giamatti for the holdovers. Yeah, that's where my. I don't. I haven't even seen the movie, but that's the only person that I can see winning. 
Nicholas Cage four. is probably not gonna win, sadly. Yeah. The person I want to win though, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas People Cage. hate on him, man, for good reason. He has some pretty shit movies. Well, I mean, some Nicholas of them are like, remake? whoa, this is real bad. But, but, he does have some bangers. That not the bees scene is the greatest. That's pure cinema. Which one? Um, the thing where he's screaming "Not the bees" while they're releasing a beehive on him. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, best performance by a female actor in a supporting role: Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, which is not going to win. Jodie Foster for Nyad. Mm-hmm. Um, Julianne Moore for May December. Rosamund Pike for Saltburn, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. I'm going Divine Joy Randolph, and I'm also rooting for her for Supporting Actress for the Oscars. Mm. I think it's going to be Emily Blunt, and I want Emily Blunt to win so badly. Only for one scene. One scene. That rant. Where where she's uh, getting interviewed uh, during the hearing, and she just cooks man oh my god that scene is so good you're just like oh shit oh shit oh shit get cooked bro oh my god dude that scene she went off and now we're getting to the exciting stuff because now we're getting towards best director best screenplay best score which we know it now but we'll continue uh performance by a male actor in a supporting role Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Charles Melton for May December. I think I th- I think it's going to be RDJ. I think it could very well be RDJ. It could very well be RDN. But my vote, <laughs> and I'm throwing it out there now. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, we would love to see the our boy. man can act. We would love to see our <laughs> boy Willem get a get an Oscar. Yeah. Love him. I am so disappointed that he did not get nominated for Best Actor for that movie Inside, where he gave the debatably the best one man performance I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, I still need to check that one out. Insane. Yeah. But if it didn't get nominated, I still want him to win an Oscar this year. So I'm throwing it over to poor things for yeah. the Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna go more in depth into the categories once the Oscar ballot comes out. Um the, we just wanted to give our thoughts on those today. Um but yeah, we'll get we're gonna do an entire episode dedicated to every single category at the Oscars. Um, maybe do we have to do like documentary short and animated short I don't <laughs> I don't know where to find those anywhere YouTube oh, they're, they're like YouTube? all on YouTube if you if you uh, want to see uh, a short film it's probably on YouTube uh, that's fair <laughs> uh, um, yeah uh, so our IMDB film today I don't know what number it is I don't know what was our last one um, I'm scrolling down, trying to act like I'm thinking. Uh, definitely was not Human Centipede the first sequence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm looking at our IMDb list right now. What is, is our last one? Um, oh, our last one was Stand By Me. Holy cow, that was so long Ooh. ago. So this is number 222. Um, Jagger, unfortunately, did not was not able to find the time to watch this one this week, so it will just be me reviewing it. Um, this film is uh, Network. Uh, came out, released in 1976, directed by Sidney Lumet, who uh, you guys may also know as the director for Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, 12 Angry Men, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Just an outstanding director. Um, um, when veteran anchorman Howard Beale is forced to retire his 25-year post because of his age, he announces to viewers that he will kill himself during his farewell broadcast. Network executives rethink their decision when his fin- fanatical tirade results in a spike in ratings. Um, this stars Peter Finch, uh, one of my favorite actresses, Faye Dunaway, um, William Holden, and... Robert Duvall, a very young Robert Duvall. Um, yeah, this... So, there is not only, like... There's not... This movie came out in 1976. That's a very long time ago. Um, so, a lot of a lot of films from, from a long time ago, the themes that are presented... And, and the ideas are uh, don't seem as relevant in our today's world. Uh, but this one is definitely very relevant. Um, there's a lot of themes in here of how uh, the media is, is, is like the news and the media is controlled by whoever owns it. Um, they, how they'll show certain stuff and won't show certain stuff. I mean, there's a there's a whole uh, spoilers warning. By the way, um, skip ahead like four or five minutes. Um, there's a whole uh, dialogue at the end, um, and the gentleman, I believe it's Peter Finch's character. No, William Holden's character, uh, Max Schumacher, is talking to Faye Dunaway. They had like an affair, and he they were like have this huge argument, and he talks about she's like the network executive. And he talks about how, like, massacre, murder, homicide, violence, uh, suffering, all this will never be anything but ratings to you. And how, like, and basically this idea that, like, the news will show and not show certain things. And it gave me a lot of vibes of Nightcrawler, which, Jagger, I don't know if you've seen. Um, no. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. You need to, like, get on that, like, now. That movie's amazing. Um, but, yeah, it, it like, how the news will not show or show certain things for ratings. It's not giving you the best information. It's what will increase our ratings. Um, and that was basically this movie. I thought this was an excellent film. Uh, some really, really engaging performances. I don't know who writes for Sidney Sidney Lumet. Um, but he, uh, this one was Pete, Patty Chayefsky. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong, but he did an excellent, excellent job. 
with this script. We got some great performances, specifically Faye Dunaway and William Holden. Both of them were outstanding. Robert Duvall was excellent. Um, there, the love story in this fell kind of flat for me. Um, both of the performances made it kind of bearable, but the love story itself and the, 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 the meat of the love story, I just didn't, I didn't buy into it too much. Um, but overall, this was a great film. I gave it four and a half stars. Um, I have stopped doing the out of a hundred system because I didn't want to do it anymore because I was bored. So just as I caught on to doing it, well, now, now, now one of us does it. Um, four, yeah, four and a half stars. I thought this was excellent. The only thing kind of keeping it back from five stars, uh, was the love story and how that kind of fell flat for myself. Um, but yeah, excellent film all around. Uh, definitely would recommend. I had to rent it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but obviously there's websites where it's streaming. Um, which I don't know about those. Um, so yeah, definitely check this out. I do, I do think it belongs on the IMDb top 250. Um, uh, yeah, it's an, it's, it was a, it was a really good time. It was an excellent film. Um, really well done. Um, but yeah, let's get into, uh, before we get into what we've been watching recently, um, just a few announcements. Um, if you like this video, uh, or if you're watching this, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. If you're listening, hit, uh, the, uh, add us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Amazon music, wherever you're listening to us, RSS, um, and uh comment leave us comments uh with questions you would like for us to answer anything like that we will always do our best to fit that into our episodes um and, oh, yep. go, go ahead um, i was gonna th- throw in a promo on my behalf yes do um, it go ahead so I am using all reviews that I get on my two short films, Candid and Why and mm-hmm. 2AM. I'm using all of those reviews in my submission into a film high school. So any reviews, they're all found on the OJ Productions YouTube channel. Yep. It will take you no longer than 10 minutes to watch them. As long as you write a review, whether it be in the comments and if it's on Letterboxd, with some kind of star rating on Letterboxd, or if you write it in the YouTube comments, just write it. Mm -hmm. On Letterboxd, as long as it has a star rating, it will be used in my application. So I really thank you all for any sort of support on them at all. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. And also, so if you want to come join us this Friday... Um, we will be, now that I'm back, we will be resuming our Friday night double feature series. Um, we are going to start this Friday. We are going to, every Friday, we are going to be working through Stanley Kubrick's filmography, the greatest director of all time. Um, which ones are we doing this Friday? We are going to be starting basically from the beginning and going from there. Um, fear and desire, fear and desire and the killer's kiss to start off at the very beginning and then yeah zoom through yeah so if you guys want to watch any of those um or if you guys want to watch those ahead of time we'll be reviewing those on friday 
Um, which we're very excited to do. Obviously, Stanley Kubrick has some peak films in his filmography, so we are quite excited. Um, um, and then next Tuesday, uh, our IMDb film will be Rush, starring Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brühl, um, which I'm quite excited for, uh, so join us for that. Um, do we want to announce who, what we're recording this weekend, or should we keep that a secret? This weekend? In a few days, December 16th. I think we should. Yeah, I'm going to let you take care of that. Um, okay. Yeah. So we have reached out to Letterboxd about a few things. Mm-hmm. Number one. We reached out about getting this podcast its own HQ account. We're working on it. We're in communication with Letterboxd about it. So that'll be happening soon. Yes. Number two, we have a guest that is going to be... It's very important to us. Yes. The head of the Letterboxd horror department and the guy who runs the Horrorville section on Letterboxd. Mm -hmm. You know when you click on a horror movie, the blood drips out of the Letterboxd logo? That's because of this guy. Brett Petersell is going yes. to be coming on our podcast. Yes. And it is very exciting to us because I believe we are the second podcast to ever have him on besides the Letterboxd show, which is the Letterboxd yes. staff member run podcast, which makes us the first out of Letterboxd podcast to have him on. If you are not familiar with him, he was the guy who's done the Letterboxd interviews for all the horror directors. Did you see the Letterboxd interview with Lee Cronin? That was him. So it's all very exciting. Yes. Uh, We're going to have some great conversation with him. We are going to be talking about some of his favorite horror movies, some of our favorite horror movies. It's going to be an awesome episode. We really recommend you tune in. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, So check that out. Um, we don't know when it, we're recording this weekend. We don't know quite yet when we're going to release it. We might release it maybe Wednesday of next week, but we're not 100% yeah. on that yet. Between um, Monday and Friday. Yeah, it'll be released some point next week, so you can be looking forward to that. That's a very exciting. Um, I think that's all of our announcements. I don't think we got anything else big going on. Um, no, yeah. Um, so, Jagger, my friend. Why don't you talk about what you've been watching recently? Alright, I'll give some highlights and some lowlights. I'll start with the lowlights, and then I'll give you all some of the highlights. So this Mm -hmm. is what to watch and what not to watch. I'll be giving you everything under, like, two and a half stars. So, on the 20th, I watched Kids, which is a movie from the 90s. Yeah, my dad loves that movie. It is... uh, Directed by Larry Clark, written by Harmony Corinne, is infamous for having a seven-minute rape scene. Um, oh, Jesus, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and it's, like, graphic, disturbing, horrific. And as disturbing and grotesque as this movie was, and how much I hated every single second of watching it, um, it really is what was happening at that time. To basically give you a quick rundown of the plot of this movie, so there's this one kid that looks a lot like McLovin, who's addicted to doing um, 
stuff with virgins and giving them HIV. Sick! Uh, Sick! And then he doesn't really know he's giving them HIV uh, until someone sort of meets up with him and says, Hey, I have HIV and I'm gonna die. And he goes, Oh, nice. And then when she falls asleep, he rapes her. That's the plot of the movie. It's like 80 minutes long and that's it. That's the whole movie. Um, nice. It sounds like about a fun watch. It was atrocious. And like, imagine Gummo if it was like, dis- like, Gummo's disgusting. But imagine if it was like explicit and horrific and made you feel like you just wanted to shut it off the whole time. Yeah. That's all it was. And I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I gave it one and a half star stars. And I know people that have it at five stars. I don't understand. I think that that's kind of creepy in a way. I'll ask Jay why, but I'm not sure. He has it at five. Um, some other garbage I watched. Vivarium. Don't bring your Vivarium hate on this pod. Half a star, uh, four out of a hundred. It wasn't a horror movie. It wasn't a good sci-fi movie. It tries really hard to be scary, and it's just annoying. And it tries to push its metaphors down your throat so far that it manages to set off gag reflexes. Complete garbage. Um, uh, Love Hard, a Netflix Christmas rom-com. I mean, what are you? What was I? I think that's all you have to say. Yeah, Uh, the Oogie loves in Big Balloon Adventure. Uh, There's uh, my baby sister loves that movie, so I have to watch it. And I decided I'd just throw a login because I'm watching it like once daily now. But um, nice. My review was: Do you understand the director's drug intake that must have happened for this? And that's the only... There's, like, a whole scene where Carrie Elwes is bobbing up and down singing about bubbles. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those movies. Christopher Lloyd is in it. Chaz Palminteri is in it. It's, like, a stacked cast. Yeah. And maybe the worst movie I've seen in my entire life. I watched The Night Before... Uh, Mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty funny, but didn't really have anything, like, artistically impressive about it, so I gave it two stars. And then I watched Elf at half a star, because... Okay, me and and Jagger hate this movie for two very different reasons. Jagger just hates Will Ferrell, which, honestly, the older I'm getting, the less funny I find him. Um, He just screams... That's all he does. Have you seen Have you seen the Todd Phillips movie Old School? Yes. Oh, oh I think God. he's so funny in that movie. I love. I just love Old School. I think that movie's hilarious. You're my boy, right. boo. Um. Well, that, if you like it, then more justice to you. But now I'll hit you with some of the highlights. Hit some me. of the good stuff. Um. I, I, I might have brought it up on the last episode. I just want to bring it up again. Human Centipede, the first sequence, is so fun. Um, yep. I can't recommend it enough, honestly, because mm-hmm. the amount of hate that the movie gets for the second and third one's existence really overshadow how just fun the first movie is. 
I really recommend it. If you like a campy movie, like a basket case or anything else, Frank Henenlotter, you will love it. Oh my as god, I did. Frank Henenlotter. I gave it three and a half stars. I'll rewatch it at some point. I'll give it a four. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Bottoms. I already talked about that one, though. Um, I watched Oh Hello on Broadway again. What a um, surprise. Five stars. I watched True Stories again. I showed that one to my dad. And there's a few movies I watched with my dad pretty recently. I'll bring those up. Uh, wait, wait, what's your dad, what did your dad think of True Stories? He said it's so weird that he kind of loved it. Those were his <laughs> words. And I think that's kind of how you wrap it up. Um, and I've been sort of trying to drag him into my film world, like the movies I like. So I'll bring up a few more of those. Uh, I watched Cape Fear per his request, and oh, I gave it four and a half stars. Yes, so underrated, underrated Scorsese banger. I want more of Robert De Niro as a psychotic villain. Oh my that god, he is so good in that movie. Oh my god, that movie could have gone on another two hours. I would have watched every second of it. I know, um, me, me and my dad watched that, and neither of us went in knowing what to expect, and when we got done, we were like, holy shit, that was amazing. It was so good. Also, everyone, my dad's letterbox, Mr. Joshua with three A's at the end of it. He's been, like, trying to review some movies recently. He's been throwing up some reviews, some, like, ratings, some star ratings. Just, um, <laughs> is, like- he, is he following you? Yes, he is. Okay, I'm gonna go find him. Keep going, keep going. Uh, then I watched Heavy Metal, which is so amazing. It's it's a product of its time. Is it the most nudity to ever be featured in an animated movie ever? 100%. But is it the most metal movie ever? Oh, absolutely. It's like it reeks of Jack Black. Then I watched the um, Bob Saget tribute. Sort of touching... But really funny, three and a half, then Vivarium. Then I watched the Bob Saget comedy special, That Ain't Right. That was very funny. Bob Saget was a very dirty comedian and very funny. Uh, then I watched Stanley Kubrick, A Life in Pictures, which is a three-hour documentary going through like every step of every single Stanley Kubrick movie and how it, they all got made. Amazing. Incredible to watch. Then I watched Napoleon uh, with my dad. Uh, I, I I really liked Napoleon. I gave it three and a half stars. I just had a really, really good time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I watched the Old Boy remake. I woke up that morning and had like a feeling in my gut. I was, I text, I messaged you that morning, Trey. I said I am watching the Old Boy remake today. Oh I yeah, and then I, like, I, I sent you. I was like, dude, don't put yourself through the pain. I sent you that message at like nine o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm watching the Old Boy remake today. So yeah. I threw it on. Um, I gave it half a star, one out of a hundred. It was the worst thing I've ever seen, honestly. Um, then I watched Chunking Express for the first time. At this point, Chunking Express is my number four of all time. We will continue on with the progress of Chunking Express as we go. It's my number four of all time. I watched it by myself. I was stunned, too stunned to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a video online to try after you watch Chunky Express, which I will make you watch it. Yeah. After you watch it, watch the video. It's like 25 minutes long of Quentin Tarantino talking about it and like why it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing video. Yeah. Then I watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. 
the fact that this movie gets this much hate is beyond me. Two and a half stars. Absolutely incredible. Then Fallen Angels continued on with the Wong Kar Wai. Five stars. Absolutely masterful. Then Yohimbo. This was more into my Kurosawa watch. Yohimbo, absolutely incredible. Another five star. Then I watched Twilight. Hear me out. Four and a half stars. Very few movies are as fun of an experience as Twilight. That's a valid take. I don't know why. I, you're probably going to get hate for that, but for me, that's a valid take. It's a fucking blast. Then I finished off November with one more viewing of Stop Making Sense. And it's been a little bit since I watched Stop Making Sense. It's been like two weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, then I watched Home Alone 2 to start off December, because that is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Five stars. Uh, then The Holdovers, five. Eyes Wide Shut, the best Christmas movie, five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll bring that back up on uh, our Christmas episode. Um, the Holdovers, five stars. Then I got pneumonia, and I was feeling really sick, and had nothing better to do. I watched Chunking Express once, and then I watched it again. Back to back. As soon as the credits rolled, I put it back on. Um... And in my two viewings of Chunking Express, it is now at my number two at this point. Then I watched The Holdovers again because I wanted to show it to my mom, and she loved it. I think that that's just a movie everyone will love when they watch. Mm -hmm. Then I watched Blade Runner 2049, three stars. Home Alone, four and a half. Let me go back to Blade Runner 2049. There is no movie with that, like, most god-awful plot. And I haven't seen the first one, so maybe I'll have to watch the first one and then go back. I could, I, I didn't want to follow it. I just hated it. Um, that's my opinion, though. Home Alone, four and a half. Kiss, end of the road. This is their final show ever. And as a huge Kiss fan, I got what? emotional, you know. Yeah. Uh, four and a half stars for the end of Kiss. Oh, wait, did you find my dad's letterbox? I did, yeah, I'm following him now. Nice. Then Candid NY, everyone, please go watch it on the OJ Productions YouTube channel, linked in my link tree. Um, then Midsummer, th- four stars this time. Didn't didn't land with me this time. I don't know. Yeah. I just I wasn't feeling it. Uh, then Love Hard, then the Oogie Loves, then Fallen Angels again, because I was just in the mood for Fallen Angels. Um. Five stars again. I think I have it at like a 98 out of 100 now. Then Night Before. Then Cruising. I want to talk about Cruising for a second. Trey, you have not seen it, correct? Uh-uh. You like William Friedkin, though. I do. What if I told you that this is maybe the William Friedkin movie that beats The Exorcist? That's literally impossible for me because I have The Exorcist at 100 out of 100. Then you will have this at 100 out of 100. I am telling you right now, it is a masterpiece. Yeah. It got nominated for like five Razzies because of its subject matter. Very controversial film. But God, is it good. Uh, I won't spoil it. You should watch it. Then I showed my dad Chunking Express. (laughs) He did not like it as much as I did. At all. Um... It's definitely not for everyone. Uh-huh. He really made that clear. I think he has it at like two and a half or three stars. 
at this point, it is my number one film of all time. It beat The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I have never seen anything like it in my life. Then I watched An Autumn Afternoon, Ozu, very good, four and a half. Elf, half a star. Lahane rewatch, four and a half. And then I rewatched Memories of Murder, showed that one to my dad. Uh, he gave that, I think, four and a half stars. I gave that five. I love it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That was like a tray. A... That was like a tray level of movies right there. Except that's a week tray. That's <laughs> a month and a half for me. Yeah. All right. I'm going back to, all the way to December 6th. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. All right. Uh, I watched Monster, the Charlie, the one that Charlize Theron won Best Actress for. Uh, okay. She totally deserved it. Other than that, it wasn't. It was fine. Um, but it's about the first female serial killer in America. Um, she was excellent really? in it. Um, I watched The Purge for the first time. That was fine. Nothing terribly impressive, but I mean, I had fun with it. Um, I watched Flight, the Robert Zemeckis film, which was super solid. Um, Denzel gives an amazing performance. Uh, I watched the movie Four Christmases, which the poster you have for Eyes Wide Shut, it's based off of this poster. Um, I've seen Four Christmases. I like Four Christmases. I don't get where you're coming from. I don't like Four Christmases. I laughed very little. Uh, I didn't think it was funny at all. Uh, and then I watched this short I found on YouTube called Jurassic Park Found Footage Outpost B. Uh, it only has 13 logs on Letterboxd. Uh, it was cool. Uh, little fan-made Jurassic Park short. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Cool environment. Uh, gave Sky High a rewatch. That was the first time I've watched that since I was like 10. Um, that's, that's how old I am. Jagger, that was a childhood film for me that I thought was amazing. I don't think you were even <laughs> born when that movie came out. Um, I was not. Uh, Sky High doesn't hold up as much as I went as I wanted it to, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it, and she is smoking. Um, so that's always enjoyable. Um, I watched a documentary about the making of the Avengers, which was interesting. Um, I watched Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Uh, What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I don't want to talk about it at all. I don't want to talk about anything of what I think it means until I've watched it at least two more times. Um, Okay, that's fair. And then uh, we were going to do a double feature episode, but we didn't end up doing it. But I did a double feature of Peter Pan and Hook. I watched Hook. I did. What'd you think? I watched it. I, I'm deciding between a two and a half and a three. Oh, that's fine. It, that's not a bad review. I mean, it's not for yeah, everybody. It's not. A lot of it yeah. is the nostalgia for me. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's a good time, though. It's a fun time. It's uh, fun. And Robin, yeah. you can't not hate Robin Williams, like, ever. Uh, yeah. Did you say you cannot hate Robin Williams? You can't not... Wait, that's a double negative. You can't hate Robin Williams. Yeah, okay. There we go. (laughs) There we go. You can't hate Robin Williams, like, ever. Uh, Yeah. 
and then I watched so Peter Pan and Hook. That was my first time actually watching Peter Pan. Um, like what did you think? Original. I I enjoyed it. It was a fun time. Besides the blatant racism in that, it's it's a pretty good movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some of that where they have like the natives on the island and they're all like. <laughs> and i'm just like what the fuck am i watching god damn this was definitely made by white people um and then i uh took uh a deeper dive into the mike flanagan universe i watched his limited series midnight mass because that seems to be where he truly shines is when he makes horror limited series banger um and very very Mike good Flanagan, please come on our podcast yes please mike flanagan and kate siegel please come on our podcast we'd love to interview we love your work um and then i watched todd phillips old school i already said that uh great film it's a blast uh i watched the first three jackass movies for the first time yeah just dumb fun um great time the first jack Okay, hot take. The first Jackass movie is a five star. Don't tell me I'm wrong, because I'm not. I have it at five star. You're not wrong. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying a lot of people will strongly disagree with that. Oh. What's your. So that's your favorite one? Yes. Oh, my favorite one so far is Jackass 3. 3? 3's wild. Yeah. It is wild. Um. And then I went to a theater downtown um, and saw the documentary Room 237, which is about The Shining. Uh, utter shit. Yeah. Don't watch that. I. It's a I bunch of conspiracy theorists talking about The Shining who don't actually know what they're talking about. It's terrible. Some of them made sense. Like no. with the uh, Native American thing? That's the only on. one that I can see being plausible. But then there's a scene in the... Then there's part of it in the movie, in the dock, where the guy's like... See, he wanted to... The hotel uh, where he filmed wanted him to change the room from 217 to 237 because they didn't want guests getting scared of staying in room 217. But that's not true because I called the Timberline Lodge and they don't have a room 217. Um, and I was like, well, of course they don't, idiot. The movie wasn't filmed. The inside of the hotel was not filmed at Timberline Lodge. It was filmed in Colorado. It's just frustrating. <laughs> um, uh, and then I rewatched Our Friend, uh, which has Dakota Johnson, Jason Siegel, and uh, uh, Casey Affleck. It's an excellent film. Um really really like tugs at the heartstrings but i thoroughly enjoy it great performances all around uh would recommend um i watched you watched infernal can i quickly skip one thing you watched infernal cauldron yeah that was a straight banger yeah and the four troublesome heads ah there's heat i just tried to put myself in like the in 1898 going to see the four troublesome heads and just walking out just like what the fuck was that how did he do that (laughs) because if you watch it now it's pretty obvious how he does it but back then you're like what the fuck 
Gunch has a review, and it says, If I was sent back to 1903, I'd play the Inferno Cauldron for all my homies. And that is the funniest. <laughs> who's, who's, is that Gunch's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. It's awesome to see where cinema has come from. Um, okay, go back to the Santa Claus now. Yeah, I watched the Santa Claus. That that trilogy, the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus 2, and Santa Claus 3, uh, the Escape Clause, those are my fa- some of my favorite Christmas movies. I love Tim Allen in that role. Uh, I think they're a blast. I just love Tim Allen in general. Um, I watch Rounders for the first time. Um Great if you're I love poker movies and gambling movies, so if you like that kind of thing, go check out Rounders uh with Edward Norton and Matt Damon. Really good. John Malkovich as well. Uh I watched the new Please Don't Destroy movie um that's on Peacock right now. Absolute blast. Five stars. So fun. Um I could not stop laughing and giggling. Um I watched yeah, I've heard some people call it awful. And some people call it great. Well, so, if you like, if it, those guys have a very certain type of comedy they do on SNL. So if you like it, if you like their sketches and you think they're funny, you will enjoy it. But if you don't think they're funny, then don't watch it because it's basically a 92 minute, please don't destroy sketch. Um, right. I think Cameron you will Kozak. enjoy it. Cameron Kozak, please come on our podcast. I love Cameron Kozak. Um, Made a review, half a star, and it says makes sense that this was written by SNL writers that also star those SNL writers. That's wild. Whatever that means. Yeah. I don't. I I watched. We need to talk about Kevin. Um, which, I mean, Jesus fuck, (laughs) talk about a heavy watch, man. Holy hell. what's, What's it about? After, after her son Kevin commits a horrific act, troubled mother Eva reflects on her complicated relationship with her disturbed son as he grew from a toddler into a teenager. Basically, the uh, horrific act is he... Spoilers, you don't see it till the end of the movie, but he uh, basically locks a bunch of people in the gym at his school and kills them all with a bow and arrow. With a bow and arrow? Yeah, it makes more sense if you watch the movie. You should watch it. It's a really interesting it's on Prime? film. Yeah. I'll watch it tomorrow, yeah. Um yeah. And then I watch Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh pretty solid, some cool character development. Kevin Conroy as Batman will always bang for me. Um the best Batman in my opinion. I watch Network, obviously already talked about that. I watch Nightbreed to prepare for Brett. Uh, great, very 90s, but a lot of Tim Burton vibes, great practical effects. It was just a good time. Um, I watched the brand new Exorcist, The Exorcist Believer. Everybody needs to calm down with their hate. Obviously, it's not going to be great because it's a reboot made by David Gordon Green. Um, but it's not that bad. It's all right. I, I gave it two and a half stars. I had a pretty good time with it. Um, I love seeing Ellen Bernstein back in the role of Chris McNeil. Um, and I Spoilers. also... We also like seeing... Oh, Linda Blair back as yeah. Reagan. That was a W. Yeah. Um, 
I will say this, the CGI near the end where, like, the girl is levitating off the ground and, like, the steam and stuff is coming out of her mouth, that was rough. And my cousin tried to make, because I tried to convince my cousin, I was like, we need to watch these old horror movies. She's like, no, I don't like watching them because I can tell everything is fake because it's practical effects. With the new stuff, I can tell it's not, it, it doesn't look fake. And I'm like, and then I watch stuff like this and I'm like, come on, that looks like shit. The Exorcist looks better than this. The original Exorcist, they actually did it. It was real. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's funny. Um, And I would like to spew out a little hot take here. Leslie Odom Jr. was not good in this movie at all. Yeah, I thought he was fine. The uh, standout performances were Lydia Jewett and Olivia Markham. Um, I mean, two kids. Yeah, dude, they were amazing. They were so yeah. good. They were terrifying. Um, and I always love seeing some Anne Dowd in a movie. Um, she's great. Yeah. Uh, and you can uh, do a poster on Letterbox if you're a patron with uh, Peter Griffin on it. Um, so that's pretty great. <laughs> uh, Wait, what? Peter Griffin. Yeah, it's like the normal poster, but it's Peter Griffin. I just changed my post. Right <laughs> uh, and then uh, this morning, I watched The Collector again to prepare for our Brett pod. Uh, super solid, big time Saw vibes. Um, so, Jagger, I think you're really going to enjoy that one. A great gore, uh, great traps, all that good stuff. Um, Sounds good. And then I watched the Comedy Central roast of James Franco, literally just because of Andy Samberg. He is so damn funny in that. Um, you old passive-aggressive sweetheart, Jonah! That that whole bit is just so good. And I also didn't realize that you could log Comedy Central roasts on Letterboxd, so you'll be seeing I a lot of... all logged. I like watching those while I play Fortnite, so you will be seeing a lot of those from me um but yeah that's what i've been watching um thank you for joining us today on our episode back on the average film enjoyer uh we are sorry it's a day late uh join us friday uh for fear and desire and what was the other one killer's kiss yeah for our start into stanley kubrick's filmography uh join us next tuesday for rush uh, next Wednesday for our interview with Mr. Brett Petersell. And uh, I don't know what next Friday is. We'll tell you what next Friday is on Tuesday um, or this yeah. Friday or this Friday. Um, but thank you again for joining us. Follow us on all our socials. Trade the Film Noob everywhere. Jagger's Jagger Film Fan on Letterboxd. Jagger Film Reviews on TikTok and Twitch. And Jagger the Movie Guy on Instagram. And one other one. What else are you on? I can't remember. What have you said already? I don't know. I said all of them. I know I did. <laughs> um, yeah, check us out. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you Friday. <laughs>